Welcome to Experience Share. It's a Pokemon podcast where normally we play every game and recount the tale gym by gym, but this week we will be playing Pokemon trading card game online. And as always, I'm Josh Polk, aka Josh Bielstead. And I'm joined by, for the first time, Mike Duck, aka Mike Levine, friend of the pod and IRL friend, who is also the moderator of our subreddit. Hey, Mike. Hi, Josh. Hi, everyone listening somewhere in the world. Welcome to the show. Bound to happen. So this episode concept was something we'd already talked about a little bit, but Tanner's untimely demise departure from the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess he has to take care of his family, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I can say whatever I want now. I'm unhinged. Yeah. We're on hiatus, technically, experience share, but we've managed to find a couple of ways to fill that time. It's more like a sabbatical for Tanner. Yeah. You know, he's on sabbatical, so you got some other people coming on. We couldn't go two or three weeks without playing Pokemon and drinking and yelling about them. So we've managed to figure out some ways to, to make some content here. Mike is joining us today because we wanted to be able to do something about the trading card game based on both my and Tanner's experience back in the Gen 2 interstitial where we played the Game Boy Color version of the trading card game. And we're like, oh, this is good. Possibly the best content that you've ever created was you realizing how good the trading card game was. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, other than the fucking coin flips, which... There's we'll a lot of coin flips. Get yeah. into, and that's still a thing, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, and, and Mike was the natural guest to come on for this, because, Mike, you are a competitive trading card game player, but not Pokemon normally. Not Pokemon. I, I will say that the first game where I owned trading cards for was Pokemon. Oh, really? I don't know how I got them. I remember like literally having one card as a very small child, which was a Caterpie that I got somehow. Oh, unfortunately. I think someone gave it to me at like karate, and I was like, this is the <laughs> coolest shit. Like, what is this? This is super cool. So I, and I end up having more cards that are somewhere in my, my closet, but I never really did anything with them. I think at that point in my life, it was just like, look at these cool cards. I got Hell yeah. I got Pokemon cards. But the, the competitive card game that I, I play mostly is Magic the Gathering, which is right. the best of the competitive card games. Yeah, well, fighting words. I would say, definitely say. Gauntlet's they're, they're, they're fighting words, but like, you, what are you going to say? It's Yu-Gi-Oh! definitely not Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> no, I don't think so, so. So there's not that many options. It's basically between Pokemon and Magic. There was other ones. Dragon Ball Z tried to have a trading card game for a while. That didn't go that well. Like every single TV show had a trading card game for some point in the 90s, I think. Yeah, it was hot then. Gotta have a trading card game. I did both, although actually uh, it, it was similar. I collected the Pokemon cards and I did play a few games, but I never, I never really got into it. And I, I don't know if you know about this, but the cards have actually ended up, certain cards have ended up earning quite a lot of value. Yeah. I feel like this year, really to my fucking chagrin, the first edition Charizard holographic mm -hmm. from the base set where everyone is like, oh, it's worth $50,000 or whatever. Yeah. All of this taunts me. Because I had first editions of all four of the original oh, uh, sets. Me, yeah, me too. And, and it's insane. Oh and you deal with this when you play Magic too, because a lot of the cards are worth a lot of money now. But somehow it's like not on the same scale as Pokemon. Because I think it's like too nerdy. Like it's acceptable to like Pokemon. Magic is like the next level. Like you're definitely a nerd. Yeah. From the first set, there are cards worth about the same as like the Charizards. Okay. There are things on the order of 100,000s. But most of the like expensive rare cards are like a thousand, and a thousand is is nothing compared to the fact that like there's like 
hundreds of Pokemon cards worth on the order of thousands. Right. Now. I feel like Pokemon set it up for this to happen with that first edition, like the little stamp. Does magic do anything like that? Like were there first editions and you could tell on the card? Yeah. So now there's, there's stamps. Okay. We have set logos in magic, although the first few sets didn't. And, and it's like a, an active thing of like the first set is called alpha and the second set is called beta. And telling the difference between an alpha card and a beta card is actually difficult like, if you don't know really what to look for. really proves the nerdy thing. Yeah, and it's <laughs> they like, have alphas and betas. <laughs> yeah, but but the so the thing is the difference in price between an alpha and a beta card can be huge. And if you don't know what you're doing, you could end up selling your alpha card because you think it's a beta card and losing a ton of money, or buying a beta card when you think it's an alpha. Uh, but after that, they kind of figured it out. Um, the first few times they stumbled into making it clear by just like their print runs weren't consistent enough. And like, you can tell by the typeface changing and stuff like that, that it's unlimited or revised, but then they put a little stamp on it for each set. Definitely. You know, if you have an alpha or a beta, I was very curious if that was like more of a a brilliant, like marketing ploy on like Pokemon companies part where they were like first edition, this is going to be a fucking like beanie baby style mania thing the thing is i think they knew that and i don't think magic knew that yeah which is why they were just like here's what a card looks like i don't know that they really planned for there to be a lot of other sets like they kind of did there's like some room for it but i mean when you're naming your sets alpha and beta (laughs) right it's like beta exists because like they messed up printing alpha and like some cards were missing that were supposed to be printed and like famously the print quality is really low and like green cards would have blue backgrounds by accident and stuff like this um so they had to have an a second set i don't know how much they thought about being like this will be a collector's item because mm-hmm. it was designed by a math phd who was just like i want to make the ultimate card game <laughs> <laughs> whereas pokemon was already a franchise at this time it was like right. how do we sell more shit i definitely was in that camp growing up where i did have magic cards and i would play it occasionally but i never went all in and my reason was specifically that i'm like this idiot fucking you know 12 or 13 year old and i was like i think if i start playing magic like i'm gonna be a loser like i can't yeah it was quote unquote too nerdy for me at the time and even though you know i'm spending all my time running a fucking nintendo forum <laughs> on like hyperboards, and i'm spending all my time playing the game boy games and shit and like collecting the pokemon cards yep. which the printing quality aside do not look as cool like the illustrations oh. are not as good as magic like magic sure. card okay back then at least their illustrations were like they looked like the cover of metal albums. It's like, like there beautiful. was crazy stuff, like really good art. And a lot of yeah. the artists are like real artists that like produce art in galleries and stuff. And getting first edition, actually a big part of the greater magic community right now is like the sale of the arts. Uh, so if you can find the original painting of a card, like often they'll be on the order of like tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars for like the famous cards with good art. Yeah. So the art is definitely one of the the cool things. I don't think I appreciated it as much as a kid because I was like, oh, all right, what is this? I, I just want to play the game. Right. But now, like, I am really into the art, and I actually in my decks, like, I select car- the which art I want to use for different cards. If there's different versions of the art, uh, Pokemon. This was something I noticed from playing the trading card game this week is that uh-huh. the art is sometimes awful. Yeah. Like, sometimes it's fine, but, like, it's super inconsistent in style. And sometimes when it's, like, real out there, it's just really bad, too. Yeah, totally. And the other thing about it being cool. Like, Pokemon just don't look cool, necessarily. Well, it's very hit or miss. Well, like, Pokemon, like, it looks like it's a cartoon. Yeah. Magic the Gathering was, like, here is, like, a Metallica album, basically, as your cover. You would think that would be cool. You know, they got pentagrams on cards. You know, those angels and demons and shit. Exactly. You would think this would be considered cool, but it was it was just not considered cool. It's like similar to me where as a kid, and I still wish in retrospect I had done this, but 100% would have been into Dungeons and Dragons for like the same reason that I think Magic the Gathering cards look sick. Yeah. But it was like this bridge too far. And then yeah. I come full circle and now like Dungeons and Dragons is like one of my favorite things and like yeah. the sophistication of like the gameplay and the style of it to me now is like, oh, Magic definitely like looks awesome but as a kid it makes sense you're not going to notice like how sophisticated a game is or something as a kid 
Right. So like you're going to appreciate it at a surface level and you're going to be like, I like Pokemon. Pokemon is cool. So Pokemon cards are cool. Magic. What is magic? Yeah. It's this fantasy game. That's not cool. Uh, you don't really care about the game mechanics or anything like that. And like you're not sitting around drinking with your friends as you're playing D&D when you're like seven. Right. You're having like... And that is a big part of it. Yeah. It's just a very different experience. Yeah. So luckily I was nerdy enough to get into magic like 25 years ago and just not care that I was a huge nerd and hung out at a trading card shop on weekends. Uh, <laughs> well, so. I did do that part. <laughs> you did do that part, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so obviously you're familiar with Pokemon, the trading card game now, and you know magic. What is, for the bug catchers, what is your experience with Pokemon as a franchise? So this is a good question because obviously... I listen to the podcast. Right. And I have questions about that as well. <laughs> I, I try to figure out when I stop remembering the games. Yeah. I know like distinctly I played the Pikachu one, the the yellow oh, one. Oh yeah, Pokemon. I yellow. know I played the ones that came out after that. You didn't like gold, silver, or crystal? Right, they're the ones that come out right after that, and I know I played oh, my them. God. But I don't remember anything after that. I don't think I played the remakes at all. I'm not a big replay value type person. Yeah, I know. Is that so crazy? the guy to the one who's been <laughs> played yeah, I know, it probably I know. half a dozen times at least, and then my whole podcast is that. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love listening to you guys replay it. The thing I like about listening is the storylines are insane in Pokemon. They don't make any sense. Yeah. And like, I'm a big Doctor Who fan. Like, I used to run a subreddit for Doctor Who. Like, I love brag. weird, crazy <laughs> storylines that make no sense. Yeah. But Pokemon, like, really makes no sense. Yeah, I was listening to your Babysitters Club episode recently. The one uh, where he watches Pokemon Three, the movie that the name doesn't yeah, even Jack. make sense, and the right. plot makes like zero sense. But it's amazing. Like I think it's amazing that nothing really makes sense about it. But then in the end, it's like kind of still entertaining. The whole thing, and it's also like you know seventy nine. Like they can't even pull off eighty. It's like seventy nine minutes. Oh, yeah. So it's like, whatever, yeah, just throw it on. Yeah, so I love reliving the story with you guys. I, I think that that is my favorite part. And then Tanner beating you. And you could follow, like, we're we're fucking uh, coherent enough that even without knowing the games necessarily, you could still... You're, you're pretty coherent, I would say. You're, <laughs> okay. you're, you're pretty Great. good at keeping it coherent. You know, could I describe back the plot of the last game you played? No. Like, Coliseum right now? Like, this is a ridiculous game. Oh. Shadow Pokemon unlocking hearts. Insanity. It's literal insanity. Yeah, and it's it's abnormal. Uh, that one is really more about, like, I don't know that I would say necessarily that the plot is super compelling, but I think or and I think the gameplay mechanics are cool. Like, I think what Colosseum and Gale of Darkness XD that we will also be doing at some point, what they did that I wish pokemon did more of is just mess with the mechanics yeah and not in this way with like let's go pikachu which where it's just pokemon go bullshit where they like you just lob pokeballs at a wild pokemon rather than battling it like that's mm -hmm. like for kids yeah what i think is cool about Colosseum is that the shadow pokemon capture is actually like often far more difficult than it would be mm -hmm. to catch a normal wild pokemon yeah, the, the the thing about it is I still feel like from hearing you guys talk about playing it that like someone played a bunch of Final Fantasy and was like, can we make Pokemon as Final Fantasy? Oh, totally. Like yeah. everything about it screams Final Fantasy to me, oh, which yeah. is, is wild because it, it just it feels like it's an obvious ripoff. And I don't know if at the time anyone was like, this feels like Final Fantasy. Yeah, it's something I thought about, too, because I don't remember having that thought process when I played it as a kid, <laughs> but I was definitely in this camp of like, well... I, as I've said before, like I couldn't get a console until N64 and I had to write my dad a letter to convince him because uh, he was a <laughs> lawyer and I was like, I, if they won't let me get a console, but if I write a letter and I really articulate my points, this will work. And it, it did, by the way. Uh, I just had to like practice the piano every week and like feed the rats, which I had you see, two rats. You had rats, rats interesting. Uh, we had a... <laughs> We had an a, a cart like a, a Atari that didn't work. Like someone gave us an Atari with a ton of games, nice. and it never worked. And then my parents were like not going to get us a video game system. And then like 
I don't remember the process, but we just all of a sudden had an N64 we got on Christmas. Like that kid in the YouTube And video. that was the last system that they bought. They're like, you have an N64. Yeah. Forever. We had an N64. We didn't need another thing. Luckily, of all games, the most replayable game of all time, Super Mario 64. Right. Just like the best video game ever. So you could always just play that. You could play Star Fox like a million times. So even though I you never again got a gaming system, I, I had those two games to replay forever. Oh, yeah. 1080 I mean, N64 was peak video games, if we're being honest. Uh, I think it, it set the blueprint for all yeah. of them. Like, I, I mean, I still like, I'm not going to say like Ocarina of Time, obviously, holds a very special place in my heart. But I feel like... Yeah. Where all the games that we play now and love got is because of that generation specifically. Yeah. There's no fucking like Morrowind and Skyrim. There's no Witcher. There's no yeah. A Breath of the Wild, obviously, is where Zelda eventually went. But none of that stuff would have happened without Nintendo like breaking yes. all those conventions in the N64 era, I think. Yeah. So that was what I was stuck on. But I, obviously, I had a Game Boy, too. I guess that counts as a game system. They feel distinctly different for some reason. That was my whole thing. Yeah. With my parents like didn't really comprehend the Game Boy and or they just thought like, oh, well, he can still participate in like the family activities because he's just done this little thing. Yeah. So I had a Game Boy, which is why Pokemon was the first game I actually got to like really play. When I think about it, you know, we were growing up on our Game Boys all the time, head down on our Game Boys. Totally. And now it's just like head down on your phone. Like whose fault was it? And our parents now too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Everyone realized that like sometimes you just rather pay attention to the thing in your hand that has a whole bunch of cool shit in it and not like the boring room you're sitting in as you wait to get your groceries or something. I don't know. Like, yeah. come on. Like obviously, obviously games are, are great and handheld games are great. But they do feel distinctly different than like the console where you're like you're in a room at your house and you got it on the TV. It's very and it's all the in. whole thing. Yeah, like yeah you have very, to pay attention to it. Exactly, you're, it's so all encompassing. Yeah. Now that I think about it, like the only games I can remember playing on my Game Boy were Pokemon. I even had the yellow one. Right, there was a yellow Game Boy that came out when the yeah, it's a special yeah. edition for Pokemon Yellow that has Pikachu on it and like differently colored buttons. That's the one I had. I think it was a Game Boy Color. Yes, that that was the one I had. Well, all right. So we've talked about your past with Pokemon. Let's go back to the present. Let's talk about Pokemon Trading Card Game Online. Yeah, the gameplay is the same as in the physical version, at least as far as we understand it. Yeah, but the online game is organized in a few different ways, and it is uh, official. Yeah, I didn't know that Pokemon Company got their shit together enough. Like Nintendo <laughs> yeah. is so notoriously bad at any internet interconnectivity. Basically, until like Switch, they've kind of started figuring it out. Like Mario Kart uh, Online is pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. One thing to me that was like both heartening and disheartening was that you log in and you get three base decks you get mm -hmm. a fire electric and water deck theme deck yeah so these are fully built 60 card decks well it's funny because they're fully built but then as you win with them they replace some of the bad cards with good oh, yeah. cards yeah uh, so they're like we can't start you out with a good deck you need to have a shitty deck and suffer and then We'll start putting the good cards in. Yeah. It's, it's kind of wild. That was surprising, actually. <laughs> Once I got my first couple of wins in and then, like, you know, Lord knows what card it was gets replaced with, like, uh, Raichu or yeah. a Persian suddenly. And, it's like and I was like, deck. Oh, I could have these this whole time because you have a bunch of fucking low-level basic Pokemon yeah, to exactly. start off with. And then maybe you get, like, the iconic one. Exactly. That's the problem. They give you the one that, like, the whole deck's based around. Yeah. But they don't give it to you really at the beginning. So you have a deck that's based around a card you don't even have yet. Yeah. Like, they'll, like, they'll put an Articuno on the front of the water deck, but you don't have the Articuno until yeah. you beat, like, a whole tournament, basically. Yeah. I think you might have one bad Articuno and you get, like, the two good Articunos. I can't even remember. I just remember being very mad about this development when I realized that I was going to be earning cards for the deck, I was like, huh, this seems unfair to me. Yeah. I mean, I like that they give you cards to start. That is quite nice. Magic does that as well. You can go to your local store, your local game shop, and they have some starter decks that are supposed to be free that they give out to the game stores. Oh, that's cool. 
and I will say that the nice thing about their starter decks for Pokemon is that like they're functional. Like they have a strategy that becomes clear as you play it. Yeah, they're good. I mean, we yeah. Mike and I played and we will be playing later and we will recount that battle. But yeah. we've played a couple of times in the past week against each other and there have actually been a couple of wins that either of us has gotten just off like those basic decks. I think it's like every new set they make new theme decks that's supposed to like show yeah, every off generation. the new mechanics, the new the new cards. Magic actually does this too, where they have pre-constructed decks that you get that come out with every set, um, or almost every set. And I like that idea. The thing about the Magic ones is that they're like uniformly accepted as being bad. Like, like there's almost never a card in the pre-constructed deck that is actually good. And when it happens very rarely, it's always a bad thing because then everyone goes to the store to buy those decks for cheap to get the good card. And then the new players can't actually get the starter decks. But usually the magic ones are just kind of bad. Interesting. They're not fun to play with. Like they're not consistent because you have like one copy, maybe two copies of every card. Whereas I feel like the Pokemon decks they give you to start are like consistent. Like you can execute the strategy almost every game. Oh yeah. Or one of the strategies. They even have multiple strategies that are like layered. Like they definitely spend some time building the theme decks, which is very impressive to me that they spend this much time to make it like a fun experience to play the theme decks. Yeah, for example, one of my favorite of, or probably my favorite of those theme decks, the base ones, is the electric one. And it will have like a bunch of basic Pokemon yeah. that you want to fling out constantly. And then you eventually get a stadium card. And a stadium card is one that affects like the whole gameplay area for both you and your opponent. And it's called Skyfield. And Skyfield yeah. allows you to have eight Pokemon on your bench. And normally you can only have five. And this, again, is for the opponent as well. So you are running this double-edged sword of, like, they could have a Pokemon that takes advantage of this as well. And or you're just going to have to fucking slaughter a bunch of Pokemon. Yeah. But then you get a Raichu. Yeah, Raichu, which is so good. has Circle Circuit, I think is what it's called. Yes. And it's only two colorless, so two whatever energy. And the Raichu will do 20 damage per Pokemon on your bench. Yeah. Which is a super easy barrier of entry for, like, the yeah. energy. And then if you have fucking eight... It kills almost everything, yeah. 160 damage. So once once you start getting that stuff, you're like, oh, this is, like, a cool deck. Yes. There is an actual strategy. Yeah. There's, like, things you can do that you can work towards in the game like you're not just working towards beating your opponent but you're working towards assembling a certain strategy which will beat your opponent yeah uh, I, I think that's nice the water one i think is pretty cool too uh hidden depths where its main thing is that like the articuno you eventually get has a one water energy requirement to summon three water energies from your yeah. deck and then put them in your hand yes and then the main like what's secretly as far as i'm concerned the main show is a sea king yeah. and the sea king has an ability called soaking horn and the text is just 10 damage but then if you read the fine print it says we'll do 80 more damage if your pokemon has been healed in the same turn and then it will have a card, a trainer card that's called a uh, healing scarf. It's healing, a healing scarf. scarf. Yeah, that will heal twenty damage every time you put an energy on the seeking. Yeah, or whatever Pokemon it's attached to. But like, obviously, the synergy is there. But yeah, then you can do a ton of damage with seeking every turn, yeah. and it's even better because it when it's a Goldeen, it has that attack where it like does twenty, but it does ten to itself. Yeah, and the Seeking has that too. So like you're doing damage to yourself, but now it's a Seeking, and now you want to heal it, and you get the benefit from healing it. It's really well constructed. Ideally, what happens is you get an Articuno, you stockpile a bunch of fucking energy, you get the Seeking, you attach the healing scarf to it, and then you just throw energy on it whenever like it takes any damage, and it can do damage to itself, and then it's just constantly putting out eighty damage yeah that's great so, like that's great. a really smart deck the cool thing about that is that it's the starter deck for people who don't know how to play but it has a sophisticated strategy in it yeah that you can figure out as you learn to play so like rather than learning how to play and just realizing that your deck is really stupid as you learn to play you realize the cooler things the deck can do 
And that helps you like learn how to construct your own decks. Like, right. oh, I should have these kinds of strategies in the deck I make for myself. So I think it's actually really good for teaching. Like it does all the things you want a starter deck for a new player to do. It's yeah. a deck they can play for a while. It teaches them how to play and teaches them how to play well, not just like the basics. Yeah, we'll talk about like the basis of the gameplay. So you open with seven cards. You can have five Pokemon on the bench. You have one active Pokemon. Active Pokemon is the only one that can be attacked. But there will be indirect like area of effect uh, abilities that some of the Pokemon will have that will damage the bench as well. But normally what you're doing is like you're battling the two active Pokemon up front. Mm -hmm. So there's energy, which we've talked about. There's obviously Pokemon. And then the other type of card is trainer cards, like Lieutenant Surge and like Shauna. Like there will be characters from the games and Mm -hmm. from the anime, and they will have special things. Like uh, one great card I love is Professor's Letter. It's an item. And then you can take two energies from your deck. Yes. And then the other type, so it's item is that, and then the other type is a supporter. And a supporter is like a human. Yeah, it's usually a human or the action a human is doing. Yeah. But usually they're named straight after humans. I think they realized they couldn't make enough cards if they do that because they'd run out of characters. (laughs) So like there's definitely a Misty's card and then there's like a Misty's favor card. Right. Because like you got to reuse Misty somehow, and it can't be called Misty again. Yeah. But those ones are usually really powerful, but you can only use one a turn. Yeah. Items you can use as many as you want, and then supporters you can only use one a turn. Although the card I mentioned, yeah. Lieutenant Surge's strategy, he's a supporter himself, but he will allow you to use three supporters in one turn, including yes. himself. But that's like a good card if you're making a trainer card heavy deck. Yes. And then a lot of them will be fucking like different types of Pokeballs. They'll be like Dive Ball and like Level Ball and like Level Ball, which is a great card as far as I'm concerned. Level Ball lets you search your deck for any Pokemon with 90 hit points or less. So if you got a deck that's like Electric or Fire where they're power hitters, but they have low hit points, that card's fucking great. Yeah, because it can get almost anything in your deck. Yeah. But then there's things like Ultra Ball, where it's like discard two cards from your hand, and then you can get any Pokemon you want. Right. So it sounds bad because you're using three cards to get one card. And, w- and one thing that still is a mechanic, really, in the Pokemon game that is very a very important mechanic in Magic is like this idea of card advantage, of being able to play more cards than your opponent. So usually you don't want to throw away three cards to get one effect because you could have played three cards instead right so it's like i'm yeah. I'm using three cards to get one pokemon out but when that pokemon could be any pokemon you want that's really good actually you know when you can discard two bad pokemon like basic pokemon so ones you haven't evolved yet right. you can then discard the basic ones to get something better it's nice that they have all these different options and they play into different mechanics of like uh, increasing card quality versus increasing the amount of cards you have in Magic, we call these tutor effects because the first card that let you search for any card in your library was called Demonic Tutor. Okay. So forever now, if you search your deck, it's called Tutoring uh, in Magic. And and Pokemon loves these tutoring effects, but they love making them like very narrow. Oh, there's so many of them. There's so many of them. They like to make narrow ones. So would a narrow one be like, uh, I just got this card and I forget who it is, that will allow you to draw four cards, but only if the active Pokemon on the opponent's side is a basic Pokemon, which is to say unevolved. They had a little bit of what's called usually power creep in Magic, which means that in order to keep the game fresh, they kept making more and more powerful Pokemon. Yeah. So now they don't just have Pokemon, they have these V Pokemon and these EX Pokemon, these GX Pokemon, but they even have cards that reference them, where it's like if you're... If the active Pokemon is GX, do this. Right. They love like these narrow effects that can be very powerful in very specific situations. So then you have to like do the calculation of like, should I put this in my deck? What's the likelihood it'll do what I want it to do? Mm-hmm. Like if you use even something like Great Ball, it lets you look at the top seven cards and put a Pokemon from those seven into your hand. Do you have enough Pokemon to reliably get something when you use the Great Ball? Right. So like you have to think about how your deck's constructed, which is really. I, I like that for a trading card game is like making the person think about how they build their deck. They go really ham with this though. There's so many like really, really narrow cards. There will be some that have an effect, a bonus effect of an attack that only activates if 
there's like an ultra beast in play. Yeah. And that's pretty narrow. But it will be like, this attack does 60 damage. If there's an ultra beast in play, it does 100 more damage to that ultra beast or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or I really like Golduck has this ability swim. It's attack swim. It's like it does oh, yeah. 90 this damage. But if, last night. if they have a Pokemon with a water energy attached to it, then you can instead do that 90 damage to anything on their bench. Yeah. Which like I don't even really get the flavor of it. Like so this is the thing in magic, there's like this really intense idea of keeping the flavor of the card. It's like a duck. It's like a duck swimming. Diving under and then popping but up. It's like it's like you don't get to just hit the one with the water on it. It's like if any of their Pokemon have a water energy attached to it, you can hit any of them. So like you can right, swim yeah. and hit like a Pidgeot somehow. <laughs> yeah, and like it true. doesn't make sense to me. But do I like it? Yeah, I play Golduck because it's sweet to kill things that are on the bench. Yeah. I love that mechanic. So about the mechanics, the other things we should say, when we are talking about these cards that allow you to search your deck for specific things, we should point out there is a prize, six prizes that each combatant starts with. Yes. And those cards are set aside and they are they are face down unless you get a town map yes. trainer card in your deck, which I love because town map allows you to flip all of them so you can see what you choose. Yes. Prize cards are only unlocked after you faint a pokemon it is a, a card from your deck yeah so if you got a magic harp which sucks it's 30 hit points and it has epic splash and that can do 30 damage but you flip a coin and if you get tails it does nothing yeah awful but Feels gyarados so fucking slaps obviously mm-hmm. and if you want a gyarados but you use a dive ball searching for a gyarados in your deck and you get nothing then you're like, your oh shit, pile. it's in the prize yeah. pile. So yeah. you can still get, you can have a finely laid out plan and it can go totally to shit based on like what's in your prize pile. It's a little bit similar to what Magic started with. Magic had this thing originally called Anti. Okay, I was curious about that. It's been removed from the game. I think it probably should be. The idea was that at the beginning of the game, you flip over the top card of your deck. The winner of the match gets both the Anti cards, like owns them. So every game was literal gambling. And then they made cards that are all banned now. Whereas like, so in, in Magic, there's also energy. You don't attach it to creatures. You use it to bring creatures or spells into existence. And there was one that's like, you know, one mana is pretty much the cheapest you can have a spell. And it drew you another seven cards, which is unheard of in Magic the Gathering. But the way it did that was by making you put another card into ante. So it was like this really real gambling thing where you're like well if i lose you're getting two of my cards yeah but i get all these extra draws which hopefully will let me win the game this mechanic is cool i think but then it makes the game legally gambling which is like a legal shit show for a company to like (laughs) be literally providing a a, like a legal a, a, a gambling mechanic so they got rid of that and all those cards had to be banned but pokemon kind of did it in a way where it's like all right you don't win other people's cards you win your own cards but it's a cool mechanic because it's like as you beat your opponent's Pokemon, you get more cards to play. Right. And it has like this snowball effect where you're rewarded for doing well. It does feel bad when your Pokemon are dying and they're drawing all these extra prize cards because yeah. they're just going to keep killing you. So it's a little bit of a win more mechanic. It's like the better you're doing, the better you do. And, and that is uh, a little feel bad. But I like the idea of rewarding people, especially if you're behind and you like – kill something and you get a prize card and it's a good card and you're like oh i can come back now you know yeah it's really good for that it is a nice little mechanic and then the one thing that we definitely the last thing we should point out about the online play specifically is that all of this stuff in terms of what cards you can acquire is dictated by either battling random people or going through trainer challenge which is AI combatants. And they yeah. will also have like a theme deck and it's just, you know, grass or it's like... AI is so generous. So generous to call it AI. Yeah, they're bad. They are computer players and they're very bad. They're bad. Like they have good decks, but you will see them have like three energy on Inez Necrozma. Yeah. That can do like fucking 130 damage in a hit and, he doesn't attack. and they just won't do it yeah or they'll have it on their bench for some reason and the, meanwhile they have a fucking like pidgeotto up front yeah one thing i noticed that the computer does a lot which makes no sense to me is if you're like killing their pokemon 
they'll continuously put out like the worst Pokemon yeah. and let you keep killing them and not bring on the best ones. It's bad. And I don't know if it's like whatever they set the rules of the computer to do is like, don't let it kill the best Pokemon you have right away. So it keeps putting the bad ones in front of you. But it's like, well, you didn't play your best Pokemon and now I got all six prize cards and the game is over. What was going on? <laughs> yeah. I thought about it a lot because I just today finished like going through all three. They have like three leagues. Yes. And I guess if I give them benefit of the doubt, the reason would be that you cannot buy your way into just a bunch of boosters. Like you can buy cards, but you have to buy the physical pack and then they will have a QR code. And then yes. like, that's how you get more cards in the game, in the online game. Yeah. So I've spent probably fucking, I don't know, 15 or 20 hours in this game in the past two weeks. I've spent no money. Yes. But the only way you can get them very, very effectively is you thrash all these fucking computer, these NPCs. Yeah. And then you get the coins, you get packs, you get tickets, and sometimes you get actual cards like directly. Right. It's a little weird because, you know, yeah, you have to beat a lot of people a lot of times to get packs. <laughs> What is there, like 15 people per league? There's 12 per 12. league, and you need to beat each of them four times with four different decks, and you start off with three, so you have to acquire a fourth one, which you get with 500 Poke coins. Yeah. But you can only get that after you've beaten all of them. So you have to use these basic decks first, the, yeah. the water, electric, and fire. It eventually, like the first cup, was like a little challenging at times because I didn't know what the hell was going on with the decks. And you start off with like, as Mike was saying, like bullshit, some of the cards. And then you unlock, like you ultimately get Articuno and you get Moltres and you get Zapdos and you get that Raichu card that I love. Yeah. Based on how many people you've beaten. So by the second cup, Platinum, I believe. Yeah. It starts becoming like, you're only losing if, you got uh, water going up against a fucking, like, electric or, like, grass deck. Yeah, so that's the thing I found is that, like, eventually I had to get the fourth deck because I needed something that could beat certain types. Like, none of my decks were good against that type. And if you want to beat them with four decks, you're going to have a hard time beating the water deck with the fire deck. So you kind of want to have five decks or just get really lucky. Or I mean, sometimes, I mean, the Charizard deck is just so much better than most of the water decks that they play against you that it's fine but yeah. like there are times where you're like i'm only gonna beat it with four decks if i buy a fifth deck or a sixth deck and then you need to get enough coins so i think i have like eight or nine decks i think they give you a psychic deck for free but it's not like a yeah. you can't use it in theme it's weird it's weird but i i have a few different ones i will admit because you know i like you at the beginning i'm a competitive magic player so i right Went on the internet oh, and I said, what theme decks are the best theme decks? And there is a ranking of them. Well, and I well, bought the better well. ones. The mayor cheat. Yeah. Tanner's turns not out, here, but we still got a mayor cheat. <laughs> turns out like the Entei or Entei, Entei, that's how you say it. Yeah. That deck is really good because Entei is really good. And Houndoom is really good. That Houndoom is a fucking nightmare. And I read online that that deck was really good and I got it. And it's amazing. It's a great deck. And it didn't matter what type I was against. I definitely could beat every deck with that deck. But I had some real bad decks that I got. I think the one with Raichu is good. It's fun. When it doesn't work, it really doesn't work. Yeah. Like, it's really, really bad. And there's one with Maltrez and Snorlax that's, like, also just, I think, like, an awful, awful deck. And I, I don't know what to do with it. But, like, the Charizard deck is a beautifully constructed deck. I love playing that deck. It's so good. The Entei deck... The, the Articuno one is pretty good. You have this Dragonite one that is just savage. Yeah. The deck is Soaring Storm, and it is built around Thunderous and Tornadus and yes. Dragonite. And Dragonite is like Dragon type technically, but Dragon is not an energy card. So Dragonite uses like Andra uh, Dragonair and Dratini use water or electric energy to use their attacks and then colorless and then thunderous and tornadus use either colorless or specifically electric yeah so all of it works really well and like thunderous will be 
like has an ability that it will be able to do uh, 50 more damage if you have a Tornadus on your bench. And then if you have a Tornadus as your active Pokemon and then a Thunderous on your bench, then you can do um, like a, a Whirlwind kind of a thing that will do 80 damage to the active Pokemon and then 20 damage to all the bench Pokemon. Yeah. So they've got a synergy and then fucking Dragonite just kills everything. Yeah, and it has an ability, and an ability is like something you can use before an attack. So it's like, you know, they can move twice in a turn, basically. And it allows the Dragonite to take electric and water energy specifically up to two and like move them onto any Pokemon that are on your playing field. Yeah. And that's in addition to the one normal energy that you can just put wherever you want. You can only play one for a turn and being able to cheat that rule is really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> if you can play multiple energy in a turn. And then Dragonite's like only move does 170 damage and it does 170 damage and it just needs a, a water and an electric and then two of whatever. But you have to discard three to use it. And a 170 hit is basically one hit KO kills, for anything other than everything. like a GX or a V. Yeah, we'll get into that in a second. Because when you're just playing the theme decks, you're like 170 kills anything. Plus it can summon all three of those energy back every turn. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. as long as you've got like a deck, which this one's Soaring Storm, I really fucking recommend. All of the like trainer cards are based on it's like energy retrieval. It's fishermen. It's all this stuff that resurrects energy from your discard pile. Yeah. So you never run out of energy. So you could just keep doing 170 damage. So the wild thing is you think like, for example, the Charizard deck I also love because Charizard has 170 life. It does 100 and it has this cool attack, uh, ability where you look at the top three. You put one in your hand and two in your discard. 100 damage attack only takes two energies. It does 50 more for each copy of this one trainer card in your in your discard pile. Right. Uh, and it puts cards in your discard pile. And so it ends up doing like 200 damage, which can kill anything. Or so I thought, until you start playing versus, which is the other mode of play where you play against random people. Yeah. And that's where you learn about the other kinds of cards. Because they're not in the theme decks, but they're in the packs. They have these things called V Pokemon, V Max Pokemon, GX Pokemon, EX Pokemon. And they're just nuts cards. They're nuts cards. You can have a Charizard that gets to start as a basic Pokemon. Right. They skip evolutionary lines. They skip evolutionary lines. They'll have like 200 hit points and they'll have tacks that do 100 to 200 damage. And they have like fucking 200 something hit points too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just, but the catch is supposed to be that, you know, if you, if you faint a GX Pokemon, you get two, two prizes instead of one. Right. Or three. Um, some of them are tag teams. Which means you are against two Pokemon at the same time, basically. Yeah. Or three sometimes, right? We'll talk about one I have in a second where it's literally three Pokemon at once and you get three prize cards. So this is cool because it's like, all right, if you kill the three Pokemon, you get three prize cards. And they're not exactly as strong as three Pokemon, like somehow merge together. Necessarily. But the problem is that, like, some of them just can one hit every other Pokemon that's not a GX Pokemon. And if you're not ready. Yeah. Like, if you only have one Pokemon that's got four energy or something, and it's a baller, like, it could be that Dragonite. Yeah. And that gets knocked out, but then you got just, like, a fucking Pidgey and, like, a Psyduck on your bench. Yeah. There's basically no recovering from it. There's no recovery. And and so, the one that I have, I, I need to look up its name because it's, this is the best card that I got. So, I got this in a pack, and it's apparently a, known as a very good card. It's Arceus. Arceus. Styloga and Palkia. Yeah, I don't have to say these things out loud when I play, so I don't actually know. Well, as every all the butt catchers know, we, uh, we're we not known for pronouncing the names of Pokemon correctly, so yeah, you get a pass. So this one's crazy. So it's three Pokemon, and I, my understanding is these are three legendary Pokemon. They look very baller in their picture because they're covered in like steel armor. So it's a dragon type with 280 HP, but it's a basic Pokemon. So you can play this on your first turn right away. 280 HP. Someone else is putting out a Rattata, and you are putting out these three legendary dragons. So it has attack, which is a water energy, a steel energy, and a colorless energy ultimate ray that does 150 damage, which is quite a bit of damage. That kills almost all of the stage 2 Pokemon, even. But when you do it, you also get to search for three basic energy cards and then put them on a Pokemon in any way you choose. Yeah. And that's not even the best part of it. The best part is that the GX Pokemon have these, like, 
ultra attacks called GX attacks. Insane. And they're very bizarre. The, the whole thing is very bizarre. Yeah. So this one is one steel energy. Uh, and for the rest of the game, all my Pokemon's attacks do 30 more damage. But if I have at least one extra water energy attached to this trio of legendary dragons, also whenever I faint a Pokemon, I get an extra prize as well. So now instead of having to kill six Pokemon, That's you have to insane. kill three. If they have these GX Pokemon, like sometimes you only have to kill two Pokemon to win. You can only use this once per game. And if you use the GX of one Pokemon, you can't use the GX of other Pokemon. Yeah. But it's just so good because like you play this turn one, you basically get to two energy on it, use the GX ability. Next turn, you attack for 180, which kills almost anything. And now you're just getting energy on your other Pokemon. So even if they kill these three legendary dragons it doesn't matter because you have a fully stocked bench of fully energied up pokemon ready to go right it's insane and when you compare it to the cards that we had as a kid right this is nuts yeah it's just so much better than all of those cards i agree and like mike and i as i mentioned like we we did a couple of games casually before tonight and Mike had more GX and V cards before me because I didn't really put in a ton of time until this week. And you get one of those out early on, like it's just a steamroll, like it's a joke. Like there's no recovering. And to me, it just seems sort of like I don't know what it was fixing, but so I don't think it was fixing. It was definitely let's make more powerful cards so people will be psyched to buy the new cards. This happened to Magic too, and they look cool. They look cool. They're holographic. They do new things. The mechanics are new. They're really powerful. They got two spicy Pokemon hanging out together. Yeah, uh, often. I mean, but it's like if you're in a game where you're you don't have one of these Pokemon before your opponent, or even anywhere near the same term that they get them, it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. like no fun. I usually just concede. In Magic, this was like a kind of a joke that came up because Magic has has developed a new kind of design philosophy, which they call Fire, which is basically to make the game more exciting. On all cards have to be more exciting. Like usually, there's some bad cards in every set, but now every card has to be exciting. And and part of this has caused there to just be insane cards. And like when this started happening, people were like, "Oh no, we're becoming Pokemon," because it was just like all of a sudden there was just cards where it's like if you got your Oko first you win the game and then they're banning cards in every format like over and over again they just have to ban cards all the time and pokemon has a lot of banned cards too there's like several cards that are banned because they're just too good well, yeah and in the video games too they ban pokemon. they ban pokemon it's kind of wild but when i look at these pokemon compared to the other pokemon i'm like yeah i gotta level up to a charizard that gets one hit killed by a ton of these gx pokemon yeah and it's like the Charizard runs over all the other Pokemon that aren't GX or V, but now but it you have to put over. in the effort to get you it have to out. Put in the effort it's exactly level, you know, stage two. Like it's gotta evolve. Yeah, put in the time. There's like almost no effort with the GX cards because they're basic Pokemon, and there's a lot of cards that search for basic Pokemon. Right. So like, it's actually super easy to have one on your bench on the first turn. The only difference is like, did you draw it in your opening hand so it could be your active Pokemon right away? Yeah, that's the important thing. And maybe you don't want them to be your active Pokemon right away because you want to like soak up some damage with something else but when you start playing versus you realize that everyone has these decks where it's like they have four of all the gx cards that they need and and you're like well i'm never gonna win um, <laughs> and and i don't know that that's necessarily good for new players i felt very discouraged when it i started to see how good all these other cards were and then they got some in the packs and i was like all right well i can kind of compete now Right, uh, which maybe is a good thing. You don't need that many in your deck to get a lucky hand, where all of a sudden you can compete. Yeah, the recovery is pretty strong. Like, yeah, you can recover pretty easily. But then there are some fun ones, like the, our namesakes. Uh, I got that Psyduck um, Slowpoke one. That's just ridiculous. It's like this very cute card that's a fucking nightmare. So it has 250 HP. It's a GX, so it's a basic Pokemon. Its attack is ridiculous. Two water energies. And it does, you can discard any number of supporter cards from your hand. It does 40 times that. So if you somehow have a bunch of supporters, you can use them to deal damage. But it means if you have an empty hand, it just literally can't do anything. Because they're too dumb without supporters. You know, without people telling them what to do, apparently. If you have an empty hand, it deals no damage. Yeah. But then it has its GX attack, which is equally absurd. It is like two blue. It, It does 10 damage. Obviously, that's awful. But then if you have six extra Water energies, which why did you put them on Slowpoke and Psyduck? 
Uh, but if you have six extra, you flip ten coins, and it does a hundred extra damage for each heads. So right. it's like, in theory, it can do a thousand and ten damage. Like it's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. I'm playing it because it's ridiculous. Unnecessary. Yeah, there and there's just no Pokemon that you need to do a thousand damage to. Like it's a ridiculous like ceiling on what the card can do but it's like okay that's a good reason to make those kinds of cards because they're funny but the other ones that are just like blatantly overpowered is a it's a little much well speaking of damaging some pokemon yeah it's time for us to do a battle uh we'll do probably three two out of three uh but we'll do different types because theme versus custom decks are interesting as yeah we do not have necessarily the same caliber of cards as i've said i will say i'm a competitive magic player so when you said you wanted to do this i i've played a bit and i managed to get a better grasp of the strategy and and i beat a lot of people in versus so i did get a lot more packs that way i also did there's a mechanic we didn't even talk about where there's tournaments you get tickets and then you can enter tournaments and I realized that I was good enough that I could win some tournaments, and that got me some extra packs. Yeah, and I didn't do that at all. Yes, so I, I may have <laughs> a deck that is a little more stacked with GX stuff, um, but that goes to show I didn't spend any money. I just played, and I now have a deck with a ton of unfortunately overpowered GX cards. It's very unfortunate <laughs> for me in particular. Yeah, we will. So we're going to. I'll do it Tanner style. So we're excited to battle each other and talk to all of you about our decks, and we will do a deck check about our best decks after our battle and after this break. We're back. Mike and I dueled. It was a nightmare. <laughs> it was a slaughter. It was It was definitely a slaughter. Yeah, I... Bug catchers... I think I've been pretty forthright that I'm, generally speaking, I consider myself a winner in video games, and... You beat me at Smash all the time. Just kill me at Smash. Thank you. Super Smash (laughs) Brothers in particular and Mario Kart are like, please don't even talk to me. But I've lost a few times. I had a fucking rough round with Tanner and the Nuzlocke, and... But that's not really fair because I didn't get to choose whatever I wanted, etc., Mike is a professional uh, <laughs> trading card game player, and Magic is more complex than Pokemon. Um, and and I just got thrashed. Uh, let's you know not mince words, but what I would say and what we were talking about right before the break is that yeah, these GX cards and the V cards are like awful idea. Fucking it. Why? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, both games, I landed the same V card. Uh, Interleon, the lizard guy, the lizard assassin dude. Yeah, the water like, starter. Uh, final evolution of the water starter in uh, in Sword and Shield. Yeah, it, it's got 200 HP. The V one is a basic Pokemon, so you just start with it right away. He just opens with this fucker both games. Yeah, one energy, 40 damage attack that does it to anything. You could do it to their bench thing. No weakness or resistance. It just puts four damage counters on it. Yeah. And and then it, it you just work up to a 130 damage attack with, for two water and one colorless. Uh, that lets you look at their hand almost to just like be like, haha, you have no chance of coming back. And yeah, it just it just killed your whole team both games. I mean, the second one for style points, I did put in those legendary dragons. <laughs> yeah. I But I, I would say like the two decks that we were playing with I built them specifically around the GX and V cards that I had gotten from booster packs at this point. Which is what you have to do. That's what I did. It's the only way you can do it. My main GX in the first game was uh, Senescorch, the fire centipede. Yeah. It's also got like 210 hit points. It can do like 180 damage or something, but it needs four fire energy. And... Mice got this fucking Inteleon. Inteleon, yeah. And that one's just popping off 40 damage every turn. But it's... I even did it to your to your, your fire guy on the bench because I was just waiting for you to yeah, try to get him out. Yeah, he's just popping it off back there. And I had just had a Pikachu sitting up up front whose agility does 10 damage, but Inteleon was <laughs> weak to it. So it did do 20 damage uh, to Pikachu's benefit. But it also meant that when on a, a heads flip on the coin, 
Inteleon would not be able to attack it. Or affect it. And I could still snipe you. But you could you could still attack my bench. Yeah. So anytime Pikachu was flipping immunity, you would just fucking attack my uh my Cinescorch, who's like one of the basis of like my entire deck. Yeah, so you couldn't really just like put things in front of Inteleon and like build up a good V guy in the background to come out and just kill me because I was just like, no, I'm just gonna snipe that and ignore your Pikachu. Yeah. The attacking the bench mechanic is kind of messed up for that reason. Like I like the idea that you could put things out in front and protect as you get your real Pokemon ready. It's almost kind of like how Ash is in the games where he plays all these shitty Pokemon and he's like, oh, here's my Charizard, by the way. Right. Like, well, like I like that. It's, it's it's funny. It's like a weird thing with Pokemon. But like, if I can just snipe your Charmander on your bench, it's not getting anywhere. And and that's kind of what I did this time. I just sniped your, you had a V Pokemon, but he was not your starter. He wasn't your active Pokemon. He was on your bench. You need to build him up. And I just, I just knocked him out. Uh, I guess I didn't even knock him out. He just never came out. And I, I eventually. No, just, he, he just fucking died. Yeah. And then I finally, on like probably the penultimate turn, I got a Tapu Koko, which is also a GX Pokemon or V Pokemon. And that's uh, electric legendary from Alola. But at that point, I had no electric energy. Yeah. So that's the other problem. I'm just fucking just sitting there and I didn't get any trainers. <sighs> you get these random GX cards and these random V cards and you want to make a good deck with them. But if they're all of different types, there's no way to build a cohesive deck. No. I got really lucky because like a lot of my good V and GX cards were water. And like the best one, the three legendary dragons, that one was water steel. So I could make that one deck where like everything in my deck is water or colorless except for the legendary dragons where it's it's the steel one. So I have like two steel energy just to get that guy going. Everything else is water. But I have a bunch of cool cards I can't even play. It fucking sucks. The thing is that if you don't end up having enough GX cards or V cards, and I've well, you don't want a certain type of V card. <laughs> v card yes. You want a V card in Pokemon yeah. only. Very appropriate that Pokemon players have V cards. <laughs> uh, most of the Pokemon players growing up also had V cards. <laughs> Everyone starts with one, unlike in the Pokemon game. <laughs> my main complaint is definitely with, like, I've enjoyed my time playing this game. And yeah. I will probably keep playing at least from time to time, either with Mike and or Tanner. But... I actually think it's a detriment to the game that you cannot buy packs. And you can't trade. We tried to trade, right? And we couldn't trade our this cards. This trading thing fucking sucks. Yeah. They don't let you trade any Pokemon cards that you get outside of a tournament or that you've acquired you know, IRL. So I think if, if you get it in the tournament, you can trade so it. So we couldn't even, we knew Pokemon that we wanted to, we were trying to be gentlemen. We're friends. We we want to be able to like have a fair fight. Yeah. And last night we played before this recording and we were like, all right, yeah, let's try to make some trades and like make it interesting. The game locks you out from being able to trade anything except under those specific circumstances. But that just means that these people are just aka teens yeah who just grind it out yeah like there's a there's like a training a trading card system where like you people trade packs for cards and things like i don't really understand how it works because then if you crack the packs you can't trade those cards like there's a sophisticated system of trade apparently i was reading but it doesn't work when you just want to pick it up and play with your friend crazy it's, it's crazy this is to say i think the overall trading card game is like better than i thought and it's a little more complex than it was when i was a kid the gx and v stuff adds complexity which is kind of nice but it also makes it just it's sort of like overpowered insanely though. miserable if you're behind you just lose yeah once you're behind i feel like that to me kind of ruined it i felt like you can really figure out how to play it well mm. until you just end up in a scenario like when mike and i are battling and like you get a gx or a v pokemon in the first turn and then it's like what the hell yeah what are you supposed to do inteleon can use a 40 damage attack uh, on turn one with just one water yeah. energy you know they actually fixed that the reason why you're not allowed to attack on the first turn 
is because too many decks could win on the first turn. Uh, so they had to like make it so you couldn't attack anymore. That's they they messed up the game so badly they had yeah. to change the rules so it wouldn't be so messed up. To me, that indicates that the flaw is that you introduced this overpowered like class of cards. Yeah, that should not be involved, and they can't go away, and doesn't make it again. I feel like I always stress this when I'm talking about the Pokemon franchise. I hate it when there is an element of any of the features of the franchise that negates another part of it. Yes. And having an Inteleon, which is a a second evolution of a starter, which is rare. All of that is rare. And you have to be able to evolve it over two stages as something that you can get in the first turn and put on the field in one turn and do an attack with one water energy. It does a ton of damage. It's insane. Like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. You can't do any of that in the anime or in the video games. So to me, I feel like the GXV thing is like a betrayal of like the overall I will say universe of Pokemon. In a, in a Pokemon match, you do get to just play your final evolution. If you've got a Charizard, you don't have to evolve it in the match. Here, that's kind of mimicking that, where you can just like have a Charizard because you got to a Charizard already. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. The thing is, you didn't do any work in the game. You you <laughs> had a Charmander and you leveled it up. In the card game, you just cracked a Charizard V, and now you get to start with it and play. You had to put in the work in yeah. the video game. You don't put in the work in this, no, other just than just the, fucking you like just crack packs and you got it. Being a teen or Mike with. <laughs> <laughs> No, you 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 put in time. the work, and I I should have done more. But uh, <laughs> like being in a team with fucking no job, you just fucking grind it out. You can't like it doesn't yeah. matter if you just buy into it. I don't know. It's complex because you, you don't want to be able to buy into a game either. But like, yeah, I mean, magic is America. <laughs> magic is not pay to win, but it is like you, you can't win if you don't win because you paid. But if you don't pay, you're probably not going to win. This game seems like it's like grind to win, like you really have to grind or like yeah. do these. Apparently, there's like sketchy ways of getting cards IRL into the game. There's a, right. whole, a whole sketchy thing, but like it just seems like a lot of work to get as good as the best decks. And I'm not willing to put in that work. It's like some shit where you can like try to buy QR codes off people on eBay and like, yeah, that's yeah, nuts stuff. I'm not trying to not do that. A good I did idea. it when I played Diablo growing up, but I'm past the days of well, Diablo. Obviously, I did yeah. that. You gotta buy Stones of Jordan. Once I started doing that on Diablo 2, actually, buying the weapons that I wanted. Yeah, you gotta do it. Via eBay auctions, because I had an eBay business where I was also just making a bunch of money on fucking PayPal. And I'd be like, ah, yeah, what do I want to do? I mean, I just want to buy some stuff for Diablo. And then I responsibly, uh, myself somehow, which I actually respected myself, deleted... <laughs> Diablo too. Me too. Because Me too. I was like, oh, I'm gonna ruin my life if I don't yeah. get rid of this game. I also deleted it, and I did. I had already, you know, fully loaded a bunch of characters, and then I deleted it. And I was like, no, this is not good. Look at us now. Yeah, now I'm just spending like a thousand dollars on magic cards. So. <laughs> <laughs> did I really yeah, we change? All end up, we <laughs> all end up back in our original vices, and I think that's probably a good place to call it for the evening. Yes. Mike, thank you for joining me. Josh, thank you for having me. <laughs> this is this has been Experience Share, a Pokemon podcast, where uh, we're on hiatus technically from Pokemon Coliseum, but we're still checking out a bunch of other facets of Pokemon because it's endless. And today what we did was a Pokemon trading card game online. And Mike smoked me. He is a very talented trading card game player in particular of magic the gathering and mike as we're signing out you want to promote something like how do people follow you if you play magic come to the competitive edh subreddit on reddit we talk about competitive magic the gathering specifically edh if you like korean and jewish food i have an instagram oh yeah kimchi juice like j-e-w-c-e underscore n-y we make Korean and Jewish food. We'll put it in the show notes too. Put it in the show notes because I probably spelled it wrong just now. <laughs> That's where you should go. And also just come to the Bugcatcher subreddit where I am the moderator and we try to play 
a lot of the people play along with Josh and Tanner. We have trainer of the week. We have a whole lot of fun things. Yeah, Mike is the originator, uh, the thought, the the mastermind behind the Bugcatcher subreddit, and that is also where I will post show notes normally and links to interesting things that have uh, that we cover in every episode. So go and check that out. Reddit.com slash r slash bugcatchers and. Aside from that, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at expsharepod. And especially now when we're in this hiatus of the normal episodes, give us a review. Give us five stars. I'm I'm here. Yeah. And Tanner isn't. Should I be Tanner and say four is also acceptable? It's not acceptable. That is unacceptable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unacceptable. I don't know what this, this nonsense about fours is. <laughs> Who wants an eighty percent? That's a B minus. <laughs> That's a B minus. No, we want a plus. It's yeah. not like you get like you do okay, and then people are interested. No, no, no. You knock it out of the park, and that's and, the only time people. And let's care. be honest. You as a as a rater of a podcast, no one's tracking how you're rating podcasts. You're not a critic. No, no one's like I got to go see how that person rated experience share no there's no uh roger ebert here no no like just give it a five you give it a five and take it up with tanner if you want to give it a four you can personally send him an email that just says four just send it to tanner tweet fours at tanner and then rate fives at green ring (laughs) on twitter remind him that he has this podcast we'll get him to come back eventually (laughs) enough fours will get him to come back (laughs) Uh yeah, give a give us a rating, give us a review. Mostly, uh, this is the classic thing with podcasts. Like, really, the only time you get anyone to listen is by just yelling at your friends and family. And just do that. Do it over Zoom. We're going to the holidays. Don't visit your family, uh, unless you can do it very safely. And I don't know what that means. Do it over I, Zoom. Yeah. Just recommend it. Even if your mom or your dad, they don't even know what Pokemon is. Just force them to listen to it. Put them on the page. Just play it while you're eating Christmas dinner. Just play it out loud. Yeah. You're in Zoom. They can't stop you. The parts where we don't swear. Or when you swear. Or, I mean, no matters what kind of family talk you Talk about fur affinity. Don't want to have to explain that. Or maybe do. But if you don't swear in front of your family, what's going on? Right? Maybe explaining for affinity will be a great experience for you. So do that and tune in next week where uh, I believe we will be doing another babysitter's experience because Tanner is still out of commission. So I will be reading another Just babysitter's club point book. That and... out. It sounds like a very weird series of pornos. I'm just saying <laughs> that you should have thought about the name a little bit more. I'm just saying. Babysitter's experience. The girlfriend experience is a movie. Hey, hey, we're trying to trying to get more listeners. So if people <laughs> happen to think that I'm talking about a porno, I'm not gonna discourage that. To yes. be honest, yeah, don't stop. We're it. we're sex positive here on Experience Share. So no if you think yums. that babysitter's I, experience is, is like your kink, fine. Yeah, not not like the the characters in the book. <laughs> I, I I I yeah okay. Uh. I don't want to be on any of the Tanner lists. So as we're long as stop they're <laughs> uh, consensual and over 18. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Mike, I don't know if you prepared a closing tagline, but uh, what I say is I'll smell you later. Um, get fucked, scrub. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs>